0: Hi there, this is the Hearsay Podcast, and I am your host, Saya Vogel. I hope you've had a great couple of weeks. Um, My guest today is my lovely friend, Sarah Blasco. Sarah doesn't need much introduction. But I better do a little one because that's what I do. Uh, She's a beautiful singer. She's recorded six solo albums and has worked on countless creative projects, including film scores, music for live dance performances and plays. She performs in the group Seeker Lover Keeper with Sally Seltman and Holly Throsby and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. Too many things to cover for this little interview alone Uh, Just a heads up, there's a tiny intermission in this one uh, because we got interrupted, but I seamlessly edited the two parts together. (laughs) Uh, Sarah's story is illustrated by my friend Alana Skyring. Remember, you can see all the pictures on the Hearsay podcast Instagram or on the Hearsay Facebook. Uh, Hearsay number 12, Sarah Blasco. (laughs) are you going today how how are your feelings? um I'm feeling tired
1: um but I have no real reason to be feeling tired apart from my emotions <laughs> wearing me down <laughs> <laughs> the um, weight
0: of your feelings. yeah
1: I think it's the weather here actually because it's really humid and rainy so yeah it yeah kind of same. Bring... yeah is, is it the same up there let's talk about the weather <laughs>
0: <laughs> has it has it been flooding or anything though up there is it no, and mm. you know I am a bit out of the picture now because my house doesn't flood anymore oh, so I never so you really don't know care how flood <laughs> it is <laughs> you <laughs> don't care about the flood victims no mm. i I am so empathetic to ah. the floody areas, but I just don't I don't have the the knowledge anymore ah. of, you know the in- the intimate knowledge
1: is your house your house is in a queenslander though is it
0: uh It's no, it's like a post-war house, but it's very much on top of a hill, Ah. which was a prerequisite when we were looking at houses, because you wanted to look down on people. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) because I want to be the king of the hill. (laughs) Let's talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) What
1: what, what 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 does that mean? Why do you? (laughs) Why did you know?
0: I'm not very good at interviewing. Neither am I. Do you feel? uh, Do you get interviewed by friends often? No, just interrogated.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But if you... So why did you decide to do this again?
0: Well, at first I was just going to... Because I think I told you this story. I think you were one of the first people I told when I decided to do it. Because I had really bad food poisoning. Yeah. And I was lying on the bathroom floor... (laughs) <laughs> and I was thinking I had so many feelings and hmm. I thought oh, maybe I should start a podcast where I talk to people about their feelings.
1: But I thought it was going to be about mental Yeah, illness. and about
0: mental health, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I th- I think I just – I thought a podcast about mental health would be too hard to do with someone who didn't actually have the specific knowledge of, you know, like I'm not a counsellor, I don't have a degree in psychology, so I thought would oh, will actually – maybe really hard to do a podcast about mental health from a perspective of someone who's who's just a bit anxious. <laughs> so, um, so then I thought maybe I'll just uh, do a podcast of just talking to my friends about funny stories and music and their careers. Yeah. And then I actually, I thought, so I ask everyone at the end of the podcast, which I've um, given you the heads up for. Yep um what like what your worst or strangest show experience is mm. or just the weirdest thing that's happened to you because you're a musician mm. and i had started doing that because i thought it would be really helpful for people in any part of their career mm. to know that other people have like really weird stuff happen to them or have terrible shows and yeah. that they get through it and and that they can see it from a humorous point of view yeah so yeah so yeah, that's that's that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. I'm
1: loving you as a podcast. Um, I know I went into podcast person. mode. Yeah, um, <laughs> I totally listened to this podcast. <laughs> <I would. laughs>
0: well, you know you're you're really busy. You got a lot of no, no,
1: <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm having two weeks off. <laughs> nice. Um, kind of. Except I'm still thinking about things because it's very hard to turn off, isn't it, from thinking about what you want to do.
0: You've just been recording.
1: Yeah, I've just started recording a new record and then... That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is really exciting. I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants for this one so far because it's basically come from doing an um, artist-in-residence thing out at... um, campbelltown art center and we just had the whole space the whole theater space for two weeks and um yeah just i thought it'd just be fun to try writing um in a live performance environment and to set it up so that it feels like you're doing a show and so we kind of had all these lighting settings and um we could project anything we wanted on this massive screen behind us and and then I had um, a friend of mine record everything, um, record all the audio for everything we did. And I, and I just got a couple of friends um, to come and write songs together. And um, But, yeah, so basically out of that we, we felt like we were really productive and, and I really loved how free it all kind of sounded. And so I just thought I'm just going to make this – I'm going to make these songs into a record. So I've tried not That's to awesome. overthink anything too much. But, of course, I'm probably <laughs> starting to <laughs> – at
0: the moment but um
1: yeah but it feels really fresh and fun to do it this way so I'm kind of just going with it yeah
0: did you go in with songs though did you have no. ideas already written no wow. it was
1: really terrifying actually cuz somebody a, a friend of mine decided to kind of make a bit of a doco about it as well <laughs> and so oh, it was God. it was actually <laughs> a really high pressure situation <laughs> and um when we started doing it um yeah it 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 was really terrifying because um, it was like, well, yeah, what if nothing comes and you've created this elaborate (laughs) scenario and nothing (laughs) happens. Um, But it was funny. As soon as all the the lights kind of – the house lights went down and we projected things and we, you know, yeah, a couple of times had a couple of vodkas, Um, things just started flowing because, yeah, we just sort of lost our – What's the word self consciousness and just yeah, we just sort of and then yeah, and then it was really fun actually. But there were a few times when it was really stressful, um, yeah, trying to come up with ideas, but then also being filmed. And it, there was one really specific day where I really felt like <laughs> throwing a tantrum <laughs> when he was um filming me because it was just like yeah, we just started running out of ideas after about a week,
0: and it, yeah, and that's um. I know that you're quite often sort of like well not quite often, but I know that we've had like we had a weekend where we were hanging out and there was like a film crew following you around.
1: <laughs> when were we hanging out when there was a film crew?
0: At uh when we were at Splendor oh, uh ah. years ago. And and you were like, I can't wait to see you but I just have to tell you there's gonna be like <laughs> someone following us around. All oh <laughs> no,
1: but that wasn't
0: filmed.
1: That was just photos, right? Or
0: yeah, it was funny. Yeah, still, yeah. <laughs>
1: it's pretty intrusive to a, a hang <laughs> hangout. <laughs>
0: it was pretty funny
1: though.
0: You're like, it might be slightly annoying, <laughs> but <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I've blocked that out. Yeah, it's hard being. It's weird being filmed. <laughs> Generally, I don't. I don't enjoy it. I realised. Yeah. Well, unless it's someone you know really well, then you can just sort of let it
0: begin. Yeah, like it, I was talking to um Laura embrulia last week about um how different it is interviewing someone on camera to like just interviewing someone yeah you know like with a microphone mm. i can't imagine it like she says it, she's like she just can't <laughs> get comfortable ah. and i mean i find it i find it weird talking to people too but mm. it, it must be really hard with the camera on you
1: well that's why i think it's weird these days that pretty much everything is filmed. Like there's no radio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you go into a radio station and you have to make sure you've done your hair because um, yeah. <laughs> it's always filmed and I find it really annoying. I, I, I felt like such an old fart a couple of times when it started happening because I sort of refused <laughs> to be filmed and I remember saying to the film crew, what are we doing here? Is this radio or is this <laughs> I felt like I was such a little shit, but I think it is kind of weird that it's all gone that way. But yeah, but yeah, it's, that's true. But it's sort of yeah, because I loved how that they were just different things, you know. And yeah, now it's all just one big <laughs> internet show. Um, yeah.
0: Well, this is um, this is a good time to tell you that I've set up some cameras in your room, oh. so you're gonna be. <laughs> well,
1: then you'll see my negligee that I happen to
0: be wearing. <laughs> Looks really nice, no, which I planned. Um, yeah. um, so I kind of I want to talk to you a bit about um, how you first started getting into music, mm. and I know that you were um, you were singing a lot when you were younger and going to church. Is that right? Is that when you started singing?
1: Well, that yeah, I guess that was just one one part of it because that's that that was the place that I guess. Yeah, I I sung in a group of people kind of thing, but then there was just the other side where I was um, yeah, just listening to heaps of pop pop music on the radio and and singing in my room sort of thing. So I yeah. I don't know. I think they were both sort of influences in kind of weird ways. Yeah, but I think also because my dad, my dad loved singing and he loved buying records, and I think it was through that that I really. Yeah, I would just sit down for hours, just with his records and and sing along and look at the covers and the inside of the the inside sleeve Cute. of the record. And I don't know, I think all of those things kind of just made me fall in love with music. But I don't think I really and and I feel really appreciative for this. Actually, I didn't really think about what I was doing at all until I was probably yeah, about sixteen. Just and loving then, it, and then yeah, and I just remember somebody saying, "Oh." you can sing and I thought, can I? <laughs> and I just knew that I loved doing it and I used to sing every afternoon in my bedroom but I just didn't think of it as a thing, you know, and I I think and I, I'm glad that that's the way it kind of started.
0: Yeah. What kind of records was your dad buying? What were you listening to? It was a bit of an odd
1: collection of things because um, he had – the Elephant Man soundtrack, which was a really big record for me as a child, because I was terrified of it because the cover was really scary, and then in the inside sleeve it showed you <laughs> all of the these scary <laughs> scenes from the film, you know. Um, and yeah, it was really eerie music, and it's really beautiful. Like it's really beautiful music, and I and I know the music well now, but at the time it was just this really odd thing in my dad's record collection. Um, yeah. So there was that and then there was lots of 80s Paul McCartney. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't know that the right. Beals were a thing. <laughs> I, just thought, <laughs> I just thought Paul <laughs> McCartney was like my dad <laughs> pretty much. That's so uh, great. Um, he was really dorky in the 80s. Um, <laughs> he's sort of always been a bit dorky. Um, but, yeah, I love I loved those records.
0: I love that 80s stuff. Yeah, and Wings yeah. and stuff as well.
1: Um, and Michael Jack. I mean, yeah, Michael Jackson was on one of, or, yeah, one of Paul McCartney's records in the 80s. So that was yeah. amazing to me that Huge. My, I thought he must be okay because M- Michael Jackson's on, on his record. <laughs> 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 um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, then it was like my mum listened to a lot of Olivia Newton-John and then my cool. dad listened to um, Simon and Garfunkel and Bob Dylan and, then there was some like just unknown sort of stuff like I just remember this song um called My Name is Norman Bates and I oh. at the time I knew the song was kind of creepy because <laughs> it sort of went in, you know into talking about the character Norman Bates who's from Psycho so I knew it was creepy yeah. but I didn't know the movie Psycho but yeah the song was just like my my name is Norman Bates I'm just a normal guy and I just oh, and that was really agree. but anyway, I can't remember the name of the band, but i've- look, I looked them up a few years ago because I was like that song is gonna is gonna haunt me forever um so yeah, he would just sort of buy random records and, um weird. And I one of them
0: so you started singing just to yourself in your bedroom mm. um so people started telling you that you could sing or that they thought you could sing mm. Was that, like, when you had that realisation, did you decide to do anything with it?
1: Well, I was singing, I sort of started singing in the youth group band because I was religious, as as we all know. Um, And, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I started, I was one of those kids who was up, like, in the youth group band um, singing all the songs, the love songs to God. And... um, yeah, and then through that, then there was a couple of older guys um, that, uh, yeah, and my sister was singing in the youth group band and we all just decided to start a little band together. And so we just, yeah, we started doing covers and things and um, and then, yeah, we just sort of started playing gigs here and there and then, um, yeah, and then we started writing songs together together um, How old were you when when that was happening? I was sixteen when we started doing the covers and stuff, and then I don't think I really started writing proper songs. Um, Yeah, started probably writing about when I was about eighteen, and then I, I got a guitar and um, I started getting lessons from this guy who lived with um, my family. He was like a boarder with us, and he um, he lived out in the um, in the garage. (laughs) <laughs> wow. Poor guy um, The <laughs> garage always flooded and he oh, just no.
0: lived there anyway Because it was really cheap rent <laughs> I have a lot of empathy for, for floody areas Do you? you? know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> saying that now um, <laughs>
1: But yeah, Les um, was my guitar teacher and he was oh, um, hes a really funny guy um, Yeah, so I started getting some lessons uh, Didn't do too many because... I seem to just learn a little bit of an instrument and then I move on Yeah, (laughs) and then I never master anything. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, uh, so, yeah, I started writing songs, I guess, about then.
0: What kind of covers were you doing? Were you playing religious songs with your friends or were you playing pop covers? Um, They were pop songs but they were ones that you could apply to God. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like there was one we did that was really funny – and I think about it now, it was like, are you going to go my way? <laughs> <laughs> we made that into like, you could go either way, you know, it was Wow. That's it was so like, funny. are you going to go God's way, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, So we did some songs like that, which is pretty funny. But then, um, yeah, by the time I was at uni when I was 21, um, yeah, I was writing um, all my own songs or we were all writing our own songs together and it was a band called acquiesce and we um went in the university band competition.
0: Acquies.
1: Acquiesce. acquiesce. Yeah nobody mean? could spell it. <laughs> well it means to give in, to 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 submit. Oh. um and so it was a real it was a really, really terrible <laughs> idea for a band name because the spelling is really complicated. So yeah. it's like A C Q U-I-E-S-C-E. Yeah, right.
0: (laughs) So I was a university
1: in English literature university student and I thought that that was a killer band name. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, it was a really stupid. um, (laughs) But it turned out being a funny name for the band because um, in the end, like, one of the guys was – his partner was studying psychology. Yeah. And he thought that we were having – band issues and so he thought that we needed to go and um, see a counsellor as a band.
0: What? Like Metallica? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> but we hadn't even done, uh, we'd put out an EP <laughs> and... Um, Did you do it? We went. Yeah, we went once and I thought it was ridiculous. And, um, I think it it was during that time that I realised I was probably better off being a solo artist. Because <laughs> I just kind of wanted to do things my own way. Yeah. And I didn't want to acquiesce yeah. to his um, ideas. And he wanted to write together and he wanted to do everything together. And
0: yeah, I didn't right. really.
1: I realized I didn't really want to be in a band, or or, I, or at least I didn't think that I I didn't want to be in that band. I think if to be in a band you have to really all be into the same stuff, and we just yeah. were like we were all from. It felt like we were all from different walks of life and different tastes of music, and it was.
0: And you're getting counselling after one EP. <laughs> That's probably not too <laughs> promising. Yeah, it was pretty pretty strange. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so then you decided to go off on your own after that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, can I just quickly ask? I, um, mm. I Googled you the other day, which was really weird because I'm not in the habit of Googling my friends, but I thought, yeah. oh, I, ha- I always think, like, oh, I should do some research and then I read about two lines and go, oh, this feels weird and I don't do it. But um, yeah. I read just a tiny bit of your Wikipedia and it said mm. that your name was spelt B-L-A-S-K-O-W. Oh yeah, I thought you knew that. It completely threw me because sometimes oh. when I get emails from you, it's with a w yeah. and I thought it was like yeah. some funny joke.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. No, you know, I thought I'd told you this year cuz anytime anything important happened to me is, as a child like someone would call out my name in public. Not yeah. that it happened very often, it <laughs> happened once. <laughs> but I would get yeah, called Sarah Blaskow. Cow. And so I just thought I have to, I have to. And most Blaskos actually don't have the W around the world because it was Blaskov. I don't know. Yeah, I don't actually know why my grandfather
0: didn't drop the W because, yeah, pretty much everyone else. Australia just thinks it's (laughs) Blaskow.
1: Yeah, well, I just thought, uh, yeah, I don't really want to risk being called Blaskow. Fair enough. So I just dropped it.
0: Yeah, right. I did so. not know that, but you haven't done it legally.
1: <laughs> no, I, I I probably should because it's mm. just annoying. Um, yeah. But no, I just I like the you know I'm fond of the W. Really, if I didn't think people
0: were gonna call me cow,
1: <laughs> that was yeah. weird. It
0: was a really <laughs> weird way to find that out. Do you reading... feel like you don't
1: know me? I know I and felt what? really
0: strange. I felt weird already reading your Wikipedia, and then I only <laughs> read like two lines and went fuck. Rob's pretty much wrote the whole thing I think I think Rob went
1: in and changed my whole wikipedia (laughs) at one point well Um. while he was managing my career he was like (laughs) went in and took a hold of all of my biographical material wow did you clear it I don't think I don't know I don't I don't actually have any idea what's up there I should have a look
0: yeah, well, I can't tell you because yeah. I only read a little bit and then I got freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, funny. so back to um, when you first started playing music, what um, actually, I don't think I even knew. Like you, you always you talk a bit in interviews and stuff about how you're religious when you're growing up. Mm. What denomination were you?
1: Oh, we kind of went everywhere. Yeah, we sort of. Um, yeah, my, because my parents were missionaries before i was born and that was sort of through the anglican church i think um and then when they came back to australia i think that they were really trying to search for the right thing for them and so we went to so many different churches when i was growing up because yeah they were just trying to find the right thing and so we went to yeah anglican uniting presbyterian (laughs) baptist wow pentecostal we went to one that was sort of like a cult it was a really weird baptist church where people uh where where everybody lived on a kind of a commune type thing together and you had to call the leader uncle noel and um yeah and i just remember this really weird um yeah this weird service that we went to where um people would get up uh, in the middle of the sur- service and, um, and confess sins. And wow. one guy was confessing that he picked his nose. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's when my parents were like, okay, we're not going here anymore. <laughs> and then the next church they went to after that, which I think is kind of funny, is that they went to um, Christian Life Centre, which is now called Hillsong.
0: Yeah, right.
1: And so I kind of think we went from one cult to another <laughs> <laughs> what was uncle Noel like uh, i don't remember him very well but he was he well my sister went actually went to their school for one year or or half a year which i can't believe yeah. my parents sent her, her there and um yeah he he seemed like he was a pretty harsh individual because wow. <laughs> uh, she went to she had to go and see um him in his office once or twice when she got in trouble um Wow,
0: so, weird. Yeah. It was So it weird, was yeah. there was a lot of people as part of this cult.
1: Yeah, it was like um yeah, they all lived in a big property and they had a school and uh yeah, it was it was one of those cults where all the women had really long plaited hair and they ha- yeah. and they had to wear pinafore dresses yeah. and um yeah, it was really strange. I don't really have no idea what possessed my parents. <laughs> To go there, but I, yeah, I guess, yeah, like I said, they were just searching for something because I think they'd had a pretty weird experience um, as missionaries. I think it kind of yeah. completely changed their view of thing of life, basically. Yeah. So they were just trying to find something interesting find community. And, yeah, find community. So, so yeah.
0: was there a lot of music in your um, when you joined the Hillsong? Religion,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, Hillsong, yeah. It wasn't called Hillsong back then. It was called Christian Life Center. Yeah. And um, yeah, but it was that. I think that was what impressed my parents about it. Yeah. So, they're like, oh wow, the modern music and you know, people are really passionate and um, you know, and people were, but it like they're always sort of yelling at you from the um, <laughs> from the stage and yeah, wow. and the music was kind of loud. And then again, yeah, like I was um. Yeah, I was part of the the um, youth group band, and then yeah, a, a, few, yeah, a few times um, I was singing in the in the church like that because I have people up on the stage singing. And oh, cool! I, yeah, I really got really got into it, and I did learn a lot about music there. Like there was a couple of really great singers who um, kind of took me under their wing and stuff. So in a way, yeah, That's I great. think looking back on it, I was kind of more interested probably in the musical aspect than but but yeah but we got really heavily involved in the church but it almost sort of split my parents up actually so um my sister and I sat them down when we when I was yeah I think I was about 16 or 17 and and said that we thought it was wrong and so we all we literally all stopped going Wow. A week later. <laughs> wow! And then and that was it and then um, yeah and it was kind of a, yeah it was it was kind of amazing timing because then actually my mum got sick yeah only like a year or so after that and um, yeah so I just sort of think well yeah if they hadn't have gotten out of there it would have been a pretty different um, situation definitely yeah.
0: yeah well that's amazing that they listen to you that's a lot of parents probably yeah. wouldn't wouldn't have done yeah. that yeah yeah, that's lovely. I think that
1: they, were, I think that they were really, they deep down, yeah, were really unhappy as well. Yeah, so they were just kind of drifting apart, and because I think those sorts of, yeah, those kinds of places just de- demand so much of the people that. Oh, absolutely. You know, they 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 want people to love the church more than they love Anything. their own family. So yeah, it, yeah, they kind of require a lot of time out of people, and yeah. yeah.
0: Wow, that's so interesting, Mm -hmm. and I've never talked to you about any of that stuff before, really. Yeah, yeah, that would be. It's nice to do it well recorded for everyone else to hear. (laughs) (laughs) I feel
1: like I've talked about it
0: a million times, but yeah, I guess it's kind of good that we haven't talked about it. I did no research.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. no. I just mean it's you know it's good that we've covered other ground in our (laughs) personal communication. You didn't hear the interview topics <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm glad I haven't bored no. you with all of the interview no never. Answers.
0: you could never bore me ever <laughs> 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 um so let's go back to your when you um when you first started feeling like you wanted to do solo stuff and instead of your um <laughs> acqui- acqui- and what is it acquiesce acquiesce. Acquies. <laughs> Um, just rolls off the tongue I know it's really hard to retain did you then go and play solo shows yeah for like about
1: five minutes I called myself Soraya which I think is really hilarious um but it's well it was my 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 sister and I had these kind of like false Russian names for each other and uh (laughs) Cause her name's Kate, so hers was Katya, and <laughs> uh, and mine was Sarai, So I can't even do it because she she does actually a really amazing Russian accent, and she says it in this Soraya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't replicate it, but it's very funny. Um, and so I started calling myself Soraya, which is like S O R I J A. Oh, is how we how we um, how we spelt it for some reason. <laughs> It's, uh, so, that, uh, so that, yeah, for about five minutes I called myself that. And then actually, um, I, yeah, and then I got pretty lost. Like I started doing lots of gigs around the, the place. And then, um, and actually there was this one particular gig um, at the Lansdowne um, in Sydney. Yeah. Um, and my uh, old friend, Oh well, yeah. I guess I'd, I'd known him for a while. Craig, Craig knew. Um, yeah, he's Like he was just one of these, you know, just passionate music people who'd go to see six gigs a night. And yeah. um, he was just like talked a million miles an hour. And he, you know, wrote for a street press thing yeah. and then was in five bands. And you know, <laughs> um, so I'd sort of known him for a while through. He'd seen Acquiesce playing and stuff, and um, <laughs> he came to this gig um, at the Lansdowne And after the show, I just said to him, "I think this is it. This is this is the last time I'm going to do a gig because I just don't really know what to do anymore." And yeah, I'm just kind of, uh, I'm just tired. And I think that I think there was like five people or something that had come to yeah. the gig, and but he wrote me this really really long email, basically giving me all these reasons why I shouldn't stop and then um, and said look I want to manage you and I want to help you and and then um, yeah and then he really took me yeah he basically helped me to put an EP out and basically is the person that I have to thank for everything I've (laughs) I've done since then really because he he was amazing, yeah, and he still is always amazing, he's yeah, a really encouraging,
0: yeah, person. lovely man, passionate, yeah, he is, so um, so when you say you recorded an e p what were you were mm-hmm. you just playing acoustic guitar, or what were you what kind of stuff were you doing
1: well, it was th- so I basically kind of had all these demos, um, and yeah, it was like. It was kind of pretty bad <laughs> but did I tell you – because do you know Matt um, Matt Rule who – like one of the Rule brothers from the Annandale Hotel? I don't know him well, no. I think it was like last year or, or something I bumped into him and he was kind of drunk and um, I think he was a bit bitter about how everything ended with the Annandale Hotel. Yeah. And, um, and he was just like, oh, yeah. I remember seeing you when you played your first gigs at Annandale. (laughs) And he was like, Yeah, you weren't very good. (laughs) And I was like, Luckily, I was in a really good mood and I didn't really kind of care. And I I found it really, really funny. I was like, Oh, and I I, I just found myself kind of sticking up for myself. And I was like, Oh, no, like I think I was all right. Like, I wasn't very, I wasn't amazing, but I don't think I was terrible. And he was like, Yeah. He's like, you weren't very good oh. And then he was like, I don't even know what you do now.
0: Oh. I think you just
1: dance around like a fancy pants.
0: Oh my goodness. <laughs> and
1: I it so funny.
0: Like an excellent but, um, fancy pants.
1: <laughs> well, I just thought it was hilarious because actually I was, I was with Paul, um, Paul Dempsey and Steph yeah. that night and we were just talking about how we loved that statement because it it sounded very Blackadder. Yes. Cause it was like, I don't know what you do. You just dance around like a fancy pants. You know? and, true. And so I kind of thought I'd rather be a fancy pants. <laughs> but um, it was just such a weird thing to say. But Anyway, so I, I, the reason I was telling you that is that I was really, well, from what he was telling me, I was really terrible <laughs> um, back there. But I, it was pretty bad. It was sort of like beats with um, acoustic guitar and Okay. Which was quite fashionable at the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With people like Dido and stuff (laughs) out in the world. Um, So, yeah, it was – but, yeah, I just had these demos um, that some of them I had written on my own and then some were were with a friend of mine, Nick. um, Not Nick Wales, another Nick. Yeah. And, yeah, so Craig basically just said, well, why don't you just mix, get them mixed properly and then just put that out as an EP. Okay. And, um, yeah, so that was – Prelusive, which was my first EP as a solo artist and he told me to drop the Soraya bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and just call yourself Sarah Blasco and just do it and so
0: awesome I don't know
1: he just said it really straight and really clear and I and I basically was at the end of my tether kind of you know I didn't I didn't know what it, what to do and it was really really helpful for someone to in a really encouraging way to just say look This is shit. That's not shit. This like just do this, and it's it's not doesn't have to be really complicated. Just work with what you have, and yeah. yeah. And so it was a really yeah, it was a really positive thing for me.
0: That's awesome. That's so good to have someone like that, especially at that time of your career when you don't even really know if you want to do it. Yeah. So my first memory of you was um, at Homebake, maybe 2006 or something. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Did you? I don't yeah, know. Probably. Um, yeah, probably. But I remember at that point you'd released that first album. Mm, yeah. And um, it was way before I joined Regurgitator but I was there mm. with them ah. like just as mates. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, And I remember I met you and I thought you are really nice and I went to see your show and I had this real feeling like that, that girl has such a beautiful voice. Um, oh, and man. it really carried over the field. <laughs> that was really lovely. It was a beautiful first memory of you. And you're also wearing a really awesome vintage dress with <laughs> leggings <laughs> underneath. <laughs> yeah,
1: so many summers with leggings. I don't know how I did it.
0: I do. I still do that. I can't do it a bit.
1: anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: I feel like maybe I even started doing it because I because I really thought you looked cool in dresses <laughs> and leggings.
1: I don't know why I started doing it, but yeah. I, I started. I remember cutting the the feet off my tights, and it was. I never looked back. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think I was trying to go for an Audrey Hepburn kind of look. Did she do that? Well, I feel like she wore leggings. In it was in one of the movies, like maybe huh. Funny Face or yeah. I don't know something like that. Was I was that's what I was going for. But yeah. then after a while, I felt like, why? It's just so
0: hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's <just> So hot. <laughs>
1: but yeah, I had a no, yeah, don't show my legs in public policy. <laughs> I still kind of have that, but I share, I share them with the world sometimes now. <laughs> but for many years, it was like not in one photo would you ever see a bare leg from Blasco. Yeah. And you basically wouldn't see my neck. All my legs, <laughs> all my arms. I had a no arms, wow. no <laughs> I had a no arms, <laughs> no neck policy in photos. Wow,
0: that was my thing. I don't think that was yeah. my shtick. I'm not sure I've ever. I, I don't think you'd see a leg in any Saya photos either. <laughs> so, at what point then? So you started um, that first album you made with. Robo, is that mm. right yeah Robert, Robert Cranny yeah
1: and Wally Gagel this American guy
0: how did that mm. come about how did you start writing music with Robo? I've talked about Robbo a bit on this podcast because I had Ben Salter on and oh yeah um, Robbo wrote one of my favorite songs that Ben uh, sings yeah, called right. Know Your Strength and I oh. realized in that podcast I never actually said the name of that song it's Know Your Strength oh, and okay. it's beautiful oh, um, I don't
1: know if I know that song
0: yeah. Oh, it's really lovely. I'll, I'll mm. email it to you later. Ah. Um but yeah, so so you guys obviously had like a long professional relationship where you, Yeah. you wrote a lot together. How did it start?
1: Well, it started because I actually met I met him through Craig, who yeah, who'd started managing me and working with me, and Rob lived a couple of doors up from Craig. And I was looking for – well, I was actually looking for people to play in the band and so uh, I invited um, Rob to play keyboards and then – and then we got Nikolai, who was in seventy eight sub to play drums, and yeah, Wes. And was
0: Rob Rob was still in seventy eight sub? Yeah,
1: he was in seventy eight sub. Yeah. yeah, um,
0: and so yeah,
1: it was through that. And then Rob, being Rob, um, <laughs> he wasn't um, he he wasn't content just to be in the band. <laughs> um, and so um, yeah, I don't know how we started writing together. We just. I don't actually really know. Yeah, I think Rob's just, he's pretty bossy and I, yeah. I'm i pretty sure he was like, <laughs> told me that some of my songs needed work and stuff like that. Which is why, you know, which is why I liked working with him and why I was yeah. drawn to him, I think, as a character because he was kind of the opposite of anyone else I'd pretty much known up to that point. Because he was like, because I'd had a really yeah a really sheltered life. Um, I'd barely drunk anything. To, I hadn't taken. I had never taken any drugs. I'd never not yeah. that I'm not that now I'm <laughs> not that now I'm a seasoned professional or anything. But um, yeah, I I'd, I'd just lived very um, yeah very deep, very very different life. Rob was completely yeah. the opposite of anyone I know. So. Um yeah so I guess that's why I was interested I was interested in him as a person he yeah. was and he was very appealing in his um absolute confidence like he Yeah but yeah but also annoying <laughs> in that as well but yeah but yeah we did we worked together for a long like for two records um which you know, so it was – and toured a lot together. So
0: did you write that first album together or was that mostly sort of your, your stuff?
1: Well, I don't know. I don't really know how we got into the situation of – we kind of I, – I suppose at a certain point I just sort of – we made the decision that we were kind of like a band, the two of us. Yeah. And so everything that we wrote separately – we still credited half to the other person that was kind of yeah, yeah. like a Lennon McCartney <laughs> kind yeah, of situation. That's lovely. Um but <laughs> I felt that he was putting in everything into the album, you know, as much as me. Yeah. And, and it was yeah, it was great to to not be alone doing, you know, making a first record and everything. But um yeah, so yeah, so we wrote probably yeah, I wrote a lot on my own and then we wrote a lot together but it was all kind of
0: just yeah. and then so did that get you to touring obviously got you touring a lot through australia mm. um were what you, did you start touring overseas at that point too or was that more the second record
1: yeah no it was mostly the f- the first yeah the first record i started um i did a few tours in america with um and how did that go it was good uh, i mean it it's always felt like it's never been quite what what i would want it to be you know um yeah because i was sort of for a long time i was stuck in a in a deal that wasn't really great for putting out my my record into like i had an international deal essentially which is um which kind of ties you to the yeah the record company that you're with you can't really just look around for the right person and so basically people put out your record um uh not because they're really passionate about it, but they they sort of feel obligated to, to yeah. yeah. And so that I felt like that happened, um, yeah, sort of quite a bit. Yeah, my first sort of three records. But then there was a couple of people who really got into it, and I did have a few good, really good opportunities with with that album. And I toured with Martha Wainwright and Oh Wow Ray LaMontagne and Great. Uh, so yeah, I had some I had some good shows and things but um
0: and then the second album what was that one called again what the sea wants the the sea will have Mm. I remember when that came out because I was working at a bookshop and it got played a lot (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) and I really I really loved it um and that that was there was a lot of like really beautiful pop songs on that one I felt like that one was more like um I don't know like you definitely deliberated a lot over the instrumentation of that one it felt like did you feel like that one was branching out a lot and was was it like a lot more thoughtful about the instrumentation? I think
1: we put a lot of thought into both of them in different ways. It was just I guess I just wanted it to be different from the from the first record. Um how did, how did
0: you want it to be different?
1: Oh, just with having I guess um strings and um and yeah. vocal arrangements and things like that. Yeah, cuz everything on the first record we just was lots of keyboards and it yeah. was it wasn't um, a band playing together live in a room sort of thing. Whereas the second record yeah. was we were all in a big space together, and um, I kind of wanted to make it, I suppose, a bit more of a natural sounding record. Yeah. You know where you could hear the floorboards creaking and you know that kind of yeah. thing, and record to yeah. tape, and because the first one was all like made in a little box. Um, sort of studio with no light, and then the second one was just yeah. in this grand <laughs> studio in Auckland, um, <laughs> with lots of light, and you know, yeah, that sounds lovely.
0: Mm, it was a really nice experience. And was it uh, a lot of that tracked live?
1: Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, the the band was, yeah. Uh, I I mean, I'm struggling to remember now, but yeah, we did we were all. We were all there, yeah, together. I mean, I've kind of done most. <laughs> we were all there, right? I mean, <laughs> for some people, you know, the '60s are a haze, but for <laughs> for me, it's the two thousand, the early two thousands. Um, but no, I guess that uh, it sort of started my love affair with recording you know, tracking everything live together. Um, cause then yeah. I, I basically did the next, those three records all like that. So I did what the sea wants as day follows night and I awake all like that. I got more and more obsessed with wanting to get one take of everybody's like the best of everybody together kind of thing. So, wow. all, so in I awake, <clears throat> all of the, yeah, the vocals, bass, drums, piano, everything was all in, like all together. Sort of like take it or wow. leave it sort
0: of thing into and, and tape. That's and
1: so great. Yeah, I love I love recording like that. It was really, it was really lovely.
0: Did you have people that that you loved listening to that you knew that that that's kind of what they did? The only one I can think of at the top of my head is um, that Frank Black does that a lot. Like oh, he does okay, yeah. like everything live. Um, well, I
1: guess all the old stuff. You know, like when you hear stuff by you know Aretha Franklin or yeah you know, Bob Dylan you know you know that that's how all of those records were made everybody's in a room but I think I find it really thrilling because it's the closest thing to the the, the, the closest way to make you recording like a live you know feel like a live performance yeah. and that's sort of what I started out enjoying the most and I found frustrating when i started recording that the recording experience wasn't like the live experience and i knew that that what i did was better and more exciting when it was live and so i think after the first couple of albums i was like oh i don't i want to feel like i'm <laughs> recreating something or you know that, that same kind of excitement that um you feel when you're singing live but yeah
0: I think that's so funny i'm I'm like the, the opposite of that yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm not very good live, but I love recording stuff because it gives me the chance to really deliberate over yeah. things and to get it right but there's
1: there's a real beauty in that. i mean that's that's a real craft crafting of something as well i mean yeah i I'm not saying that yeah i don't i think that that's really i mean I think that's amazing too isn't it yeah but I think
0: <laughs> I I just I just think that it's the difference between someone who's a really confident performer and someone who's not a confident performer <laughs> 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 like I think <laughs> I think for me it's like I I feel like I'm way more confident knowing that this isn't it you know like yeah, yeah. I don't need I don't need to perform 100 percent. yeah if I can't like I'll have another chance to yeah. do it properly yeah
1: I, yeah, I enjoy that too. I, I definitely do.
0: When you did I Awake, that, was that the first one you like produced absolutely by yourself? Yeah, it? yeah, it was. How did you feel doing that? Did you feel like y- you owed it to yourself to try and do it all? Yeah. To make all the decisions?
1: Well, I think I was going to work with Bjorn again because I'd done the last record with him and I was living in Stockholm. And we were gonna we were gonna work on it together, but um he he I think he was working with Chrissy Hind or something like that, something amazing.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> um and so he
1: couldn't do it and I kind of I was sort of deep down a little bit happy because I thought, Oh yeah, then I'm gonna just do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and uh yeah, I don't know, because I think sometimes I lo I love working with a good producer, but then but then, yeah, you sort of have to really – someone who's a really strong producer, you have to really give give yourself over to them. And I just yeah. – I kind of get a bit burnt out by that. Um, and I think that, you know, for the same reason that I was saying that I realised I didn't really want to be in a band, it's probably – yeah, it's probably the same reason yeah. why I find working with a, produ- a producer a bit hard because – I don't know, I just get frustrated sometimes. I just, you kind of want to just follow your own train of thought or and, and sometimes working with a producer kind of interrupts. I I feel that anyway. It's like you're both, you're both trying to lead the ship kind of thing. Yeah. And if you know what you want, then you probably don't really need someone to do that. You just need a really great, you know, because I think a really great engineer and a really great bunch of musicians are going to tell you yeah, what they think oh, and, for sure. you know, and they give their opinions and,
0: uh, and stuff. But did you feel yeah. pressure though?
1: Um, I kind of, yeah, I did because we were, um, that was the record that I decided to record with an orchestra. And so I was really out of my depth with that, with that <laughs> stuff. Um, but also because as a producer, you're sort of having to actually organize, um, everyone and everything so I sort of had to um make sure like it was quite administrative (laughs) as well so I, I
0: had to wear all the hats
1: yeah so I had to sort of um make sure all the charts were legible and had gotten through to the orchestra okay and then the conductor had to you know so and then I was yeah working a lot with Nick on the arrangements and so it was sort of that aspect of it that I found really stressful. It wasn't so much like producing the stuff with the band because we did all the stuff with the band first and um, I did my vocals and stuff like that and then and then we laid on the orchestra after that. And Whoa. Um, so, yeah, it was just sort of the organisation of it that was a bit crazy. But I knew what I wanted and I knew that I felt really confident that Nick was going to yeah deliver something really amazing and every everything he played me it was just like it, it actually like that process was actually really quite easy because yeah I just it was just felt right what whatever all of his arrangements so so that part of it wasn't stressful it was just um, yeah.
0: do can you read music uh,
1: I can really basically like I, I mean I can I can read it and tell you the notes and on the stage, but I yeah. don't know how to read it
0: fluently. <laughs> yeah, I'm sense. the same. I can yeah. work it out, but it yeah. takes a really long, F-A-C-E. long <laughs> time. F-A-C-E. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, it takes me ages. Um, but, yeah, so I can't – I basically, yeah, I can't really read music. But, um, <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it, that's why it was great with Nick because, um, you know, because now with all this, yeah, computer – technology it's it it's great because he could um he played all of the parts into the um software and then yeah. I could hear it all back exactly you know pretty much exactly what it was going to sound like with the orchestra so, so great. so that's yeah way less stressful than yeah <laughs> than it, it could have been um yeah but it was really fun it was completely like a dream come true to be going and doing that and Nick and I kept pinching ourselves and we were just like we are the luckiest people <laughs> on the planet. We just felt so lucky and it was such a magical experience. Was, Did you
0: record them in Bulgaria or something crazy like that?
1: Yeah, in Bulgaria, yeah. yeah.
0: How was that? Had you been to Bulgaria before?
1: No, I'd never been but my um, grandfather had been there a lot and that's originally where... Um, my family's from on, wow. on my dad's side, and so that's why I wanted to record with the Bulgarian Symphony Orchestra because I, um, yeah, because the, the, some of the some of these uh, Eastern European orchestras are um, really really great, but um, kind of you know the, the ones that sort of get all the attention, I guess, are like London Symphony Orchestra and yeah, uh, um, and so yeah, couple, so the Bulgarian Symphony Orchestra was sort of getting into a lot of film um music. So that's where I got the idea actually because I read an article in the paper about um about how the Bulgarian Symphony Orchestra was recording more and more film scores, Hollywood film scores cuz yeah. It it's a really it's an inexpensive place to go and record the orchestra and they used their like their old radio um studios and cool. And I thought, "Oh, wow, that sounds so romantic.
0: <laughs> so there's so, so many things that I want to talk to you about and um, I know that we've already been talking for ages but really <laughs> quickly I know that you do lots of things um, that aren't just your own albums. I know that you've um, you know you've done music for dance performances and you've done like film soundtracks and um, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, how you go about working on things like that like do you do you take a different approach to to writing your own albums
1: uh, yeah definitely well because you you're just trying to serve their purpose really um and their vision and so I, and that's what I really enjoy about it actually because you sort of because i I'm act I actually think of myself as someone who like i'm I'm not I'm quite perceptive I think as a person and I actually really enjoy to sit back and listen and watch and just and sometimes I feel like I don't get to do that with my own stuff because you're sort of in the you're in the thick of it you know yeah Um, yeah. and so and it's it's in the same way that I think I'd love to be um a backing singer and (laughs) play keyboards up the back with the tambourine (laughs) in a band you know um but um yeah so I do approach it really differently I mean with the um, with with the film stuff I've done because I actually don't really like too much music in film I, I like it to, I like there to be a lot of space so actually yeah in the stuff that I've worked on I've had to almost fight to have less music <laughs> um, and I didn't really get my way on quite a number of occasions and so um, yeah because I kind of like to n- not approach it in a sort of a singer songwriter kind of a way but then. Um, but then I guess that's what people maybe think that they want or something um, when they approach you. But well, yeah, I I prefer to yeah to to see it as a completely different sort of thing, not not as a chance to sort of get my music out there. I like yeah yeah. I just love what yeah music can do
0: to a. a scene you want to you want to complement their thing. Yeah, I know it's probably different for each project, but do you have like a way of starting?
1: Um, yeah, it was different for each project. Um, I mean, this—I just did a web series um, called High Life, Yeah. and they really wanted me to write a theme tune for it. So that was kind of interesting. So I think I kind of started with the theme tune and then kind of um, worked around that. But yeah. I guess you sort of you sit down and you have a good chat with the director about the kind of music that they want. And yeah. so he had told me that he kind of wanted this percussive sort of in-scene stuff that kind of shows her manic side and um, and then we sort of decide, made the decision that, okay, yeah, there was this external sort of manic side and then there were these – these there's lots of scenes where she's um, – it's like her internal narration. Oh, she's cool. like a very um, expressive um, teenager. Yeah. Who's, you know, who's it, it's actually about um, – it's about manic depression and it's really great actually. It's just yeah. like it's just six ten-minute episodes, but it's it's really, really great. Intermission. Intermission.
0: We're back. We've yeah. just had the longest intermission of all time—three um, days.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling well rested.
0: <laughs> you know what? I slept. I slept twelve hours on oh, Saturday wow. night. I do yeah. not remember. I'm sorry to say that to someone who has a kid, but oh no, I I, I can
1: sleep that long if I really try hard. Oh, no, I just have so to go to bed at seven p.m. That's all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I oh, wow. That's great. I don't
0: think I've slept that long since I was a teenager. Ah. I used to sleep that long all the
1: time. Ah. I love sleeping.
0: I'm not yeah. a good sleeper, but I yeah, I think I'm a, I I must have really needed it. Yeah. So yeah, I feel rested too. Oh good. Um so I can't really remember where we left off um 3 days ago, but <laughs> I do <laughs> I do know that I really want to talk to you about your latest album, Eternal It's Returns. nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do, do you? <laughs> because yeah. it's full of synthesizers. Oh and yeah. I <laughs> fucking love it. And I was so excited that you made a synth album. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yeah, you'd be proud. <laughs> Although I didn't use all of the
1: I didn't use enough of the uh, the capabilities. I'm very, I'm, I'm a bit basic with my with my keyboard <laughs> usage.
0: No, I don't think you are. I actually think that you're. You think that you always put down your technical abilities, but <laughs> you know what you what you like in a, a synth Sound
1: yes, I do. Um,
0: yeah. and that's half the battle. So, what um tell me about about the process of writing that. Was it really different to writing on the piano and guitar?
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, it kind of felt a little bit like I was coming back around to some stuff that I'd done early on because we did play around quite a bit with um, synths and keyboards on the first two albums. But then I sort of had a bit of a reaction uh, to that after What the Sea Wants and I, I really just wanted to work with acoustic instruments and I, and so I yeah. continued that for two records and then I felt like I'd really well and truly explored that once I'd recorded an, an orchestra because yeah. it's kind of like the <laughs> ultimate in
0: yeah, acoustic. that's the um, most acoustic you
1: can get. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'd really gone to town and then um, yeah, I don't know, I st- I was watching um, Stop Making Sense by Talking Heads which is my favourite film yeah. and uh, I've watched it so many times but I sort of try and watch it annually because it's so inspiring and it's such a beautiful show and and conceptually it's just amazing and yeah um, and then yeah I was just listening to the synths and stuff and I I'm pretty sure there's a, a one or two prof well yeah a Prophet synth in there I think this is where I started thinking I wanted to get a profit. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was sort of through watching Stop Making Sense. And I awesome. thought, well, yeah, I haven't bought a keyboard for a while. And then, as you know, I, ha- I <laughs> have a couple of Nords <laughs> that are just kind of like workhorse piano kind of um, keyboards. Or well, that's what I've used them yep. for anyway. Um, yeah, let's not and- get into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. and so um, I just bought this sort of um, – what would you call it like a is it do you call it like a reissue type situation of a yeah, of the, yeah, yeah Dave Smith's a, Prophet Eight? Yeah. And then I just kind I've got of one fell of those Yeah. I knew yeah. that you I asked you about it actually. That's yeah. when I ended up Getting it actually because do you, I I don't know if you remember but I actually asked your opinion about I which what, <laughs> what and I was get, like get it and you said get the new one because the other ones yeah if you get an old synth you've got to um, get it repaired a lot and it's difficult with traveling yeah. with it and I and you knew that I was gonna travel a lot with it and yeah. Um, yeah and I yeah I loved it I found it a really inspiring keyboard so basically we wrote everything from that album. Uh, yeah, on the Prophet eight and an so MS cool. twenty as well. Um Cork. Um, oh. yeah, and uh <laughs> but yeah, I wrote I wrote um all the album with yeah, Ben Fletcher and David Hunt who yep. have been playing in um my band for about ten years, but we've never written together. Um, oh really? So it was really I special. Didn't know that. Yeah, we've never That's lovely. Never written together and so um and we had a yeah, we just sort of basically went away for five days and just wrote songs in a lounge room and um but yeah we wrote everything on those two keyboards and a drum machine and and then I did a couple of days with Nick Wales as well and um yeah and again with the same um keyboard sort of lineup um that's cool I think there was a Casio as well but yeah
0: yeah right and then you got um Burke from Mm. Girling I always yeah I always call him (laughs) Burke from Girling (laughs) even though that was a long time ago (laughs) yeah so, you got Burke to produce it, and you got mm. um, Donnie Benet, who I yeah. love. Yeah. He's this amazing keyboard player and he bass player. He is amazing,
1: yeah. He's really
0: amazing. Um, and Lawrence Pike, who's one of the best drummers mm. in Australia, yeah. to record with you. That just seems like the best lineup of people to make a record with.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're all really amazing, yeah. I've got yeah. them, I've got Donnie and Lawrence playing on my. New record as well, but yeah, oh, I think I think they're amazing. But yeah, Donny really blew me away when we were making um, Eternal Return because yeah, he's not only an amazing bass player, but he is really, um, yeah, really talented with with synth parts and melodies. And um, yeah, and he had a couple of really, I think, quite rare synths. Like he had one called a Stradivarius. I don't know if you yeah. Um, which was really beautiful. Um, So all of the kind of string sounds on the record were from that. Um, Yeah. And then he kept calling um, because he brought in his Prophet 5 and so he just (laughs) kept calling my Prophet the Dave Smith (laughs) because it was like the lesser Prophet. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, he kind of – yeah, I mean he really – in my mind he really made the – you know – really made the synth kind of aspect of the album which is yeah. a big part of the record he made it um yeah he really expanded what it could have been because i you know i don't really know that much about synths i just kind of was using these kind of presets to um to write with and stuff and then he yeah he sh- sort of showed us what we could do with them and then they're great and re- presets though yeah they are really good yeah yeah. So there was quite a few times where he was like, Mhm, you may
0: <laughs> you may use the <laughs>
1: Dave Smith <laughs> preset and then he would um
0: but then Still he good. would
1: he would often get the uh what was the other one that we used
0: a lot? Um the Jupiter Ju- Oh Jupiter eight or Jupiter I think a Jupiter eight. What's yeah, the other Jupiter? They're amazing. There's a bunch of them.
1: Yeah, I think it was the Jupiter but eight.
0: Jupiter eight, was it really colourful?
1: I think so. I can't really remember no. that. My it looks like now but we had yeah we had so many synths in just in this big pile that's like my dream yeah it was it was it was sort of sad that yeah i don't know why yeah i should have got
0: you down for it i don't know (laughs) next time
1: were you doing something
0: i feel like maybe i was yeah but um I'm always yeah. doing something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And then, and you also bought like a one of those repro Mellatrons, didn't you? Yeah, I did. So is this getting really nerdy for everyone? Yeah, who but doesn't we didn't care about
1: use, I think we didn't use that very much. Ah, uh, okay. Just a little bit. It actually didn't get used as much as I thought it was going to. Um, but I actually I've been using it a lot. Um on this new record that I'm working on because um, I'm really determined to <laughs> to get it in there because um, get your money it was there. quite a palaver um, getting it sent um, <laughs> to Australia and I, I kind of, yeah. you know, I had sort of like shopper's guilt after I bought it. But yeah. it, it sounds so
0: beautiful. that It does. Yeah, it sounds great. Amazing, and you toured yeah. with it a bit, didn't you?
1: Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. Yeah, so there was a few things from the last record. Yeah. It's kind of more like sax sounds and I can't think what else but yeah there was a few things that we
0: oh I love it, it I think it's a really exciting record oh, I hope cool. you do many more synthy things <laughs> we've got a bit of <laughs> synth
1: on the new one but it's definitely not as much um
0: I wanted to talk to you about so this is you're you're about to embark on a solo tour which is mm. really exciting <laughs> um when was the last time you played solo on a whole tour? Uh, well,
1: I've only done really like a few supports on short tours over in Europe. Um, there was a couple of shows I did with Liam Finn um, oh, in, yeah. in Europe and um, a few with um, How Gelb and oh, nice. a few with somebody else. I can't remember else now but yeah when I was living over there I I did do a few shows on my own but that was a really long time ago like probably about five years ago or something like that yeah um but yeah this has sort of been something that a few people have dared me to do a few (laughs) times and I've kind of been a bit too scared I don't know actually I don't know if it's just that I've been scared or just lazy because because I feel like (laughs) I play with you know people that I really enjoy playing with and that I think are really amazing and and I do love getting kind of taken away with when when you're just singing it's like you can kind of really um, go to a different place where it was playing and, and singing is sort of a different headspace but definitely I'm really um, I'm really looking forward to the challenge of doing it and I think it'll be. It'll be probably one of the most reward. Well, hopefully, <laughs> um, one of the most rewarding tours
0: I've ever done. But um, I guess yeah, we're, I'm I about can't to find out. <laughs> What are you gonna What are you gonna do? Do you know? Yeah, I don't
1: know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, make a huge. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um, I sort of have yeah, I sort of have vague ideas about what I'm gonna do, but I'm I haven't quite gotten stuck into. It all yet. I've just got to choose the songs, um, to begin with and then
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's tough because you gotta play like an hour on your own or something. Yeah. It's a lot it's a lot yeah. of songs. It's a lot of songs, yeah. Sorry. You'll be great. It's terrifying, <laughs> <You'll> yeah. <be>. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll be awesome. It's to gonna be behind, so good. But yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have heaps of stuff to hide behind. You're gonna have like a keyboard keyboard or a guitar. I'll probably bring the Mellotron. That'll be a lovely Great. thing. Great. Um, oh, that'll be amazing. But it'll be probably amazing. be a
1: piano and a Mellotron and
0: I don't know. Maybe you could like bit. trigger samples and stuff. That's technically yeah. still solo.
1: I was yeah. kind of thinking of doing it sort of like really lo-fi and, and just bringing like the rhythm ace. Just having like a little drum Perfect. machine and a thing. and But yeah, I don't know. I might... Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll do a whole range of things, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just to kind of keep it interesting. Um, I
0: saw um I saw a really great solo performance of um, Jason Lytle, you know the singer uh, yeah. from Granddaddy. Yeah, and he just brought a keyboard mm. and a guitar, and he just did like all his Granddaddy songs, um, yeah. just 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 him, and it was so amazing. He was yeah. really engaging, and he it you was know, he here really amazing.
1: And, mm-hmm musician because that's what I scares think me <laughs> he's like,
0: i mean he's no i think he's like he's a great songwriter but i don't think he mm. he's not like playing yeah. donny Bennet's solos you know like he's mm. he's like re- really like he's a good like he's a good player but i don't think he's like mm. you know he's not like classically trained or anything yeah yeah. um so yeah i think it's totally doable yeah you'll Sometimes be great less is more But I am thinking of elaborate, (laughs) just anything, (laughs) like an
1: elaborate costume or (laughs) being up on a really tall podium so that I can't look eye to eye with anybody in the audience, that kind of thing.
0: These are things that have been crossing my mind. (laughs) So I guess I should ask you, um, Mm. which is something I ask all of my guests, (laughs) what is... The strangest or worst show that you've ever played or just the strangest thing that's happened to you because you're a musician? Uh What's your story?
1: Um, I've had lots of strange ones, but the one that I will probably pick, I don't know, you just have to tell me if this is an interesting It's not really a very long story. (laughs) No, it's fine. The strangest, I think still the strangest gig I've ever done was when I played a gig in Glebe in Sydney yeah. and um yeah i think i was just playing acoustic with just a friend of mine and and the, and we had like three friends turn up and um we were kind of yeah we were just in a corner there was no stage or anything and there was sort of barely a pa and then um we realized that we were um that we were right next to the door to the sort of the beer garden And so all these people kept like sort of basically elbowing us in the face, like holding four (laughs) beers, (laughs) trying to get to um, the beer garden. And so, yeah, it was just really weird because it was like, okay, so there was all the elbowing and and that was like, (laughs) oh, okay, great. This is really embarrassing. This is really (laughs) pathetic. And then the next thing that happened was um, then somebody with a, a huge pram was trying to get past us as well and was ba- we we're basically kind of apologizing for being in the way of this door <laughs> and then the third thing that happened which was just weird was that this I've yeah I've just never seen a cat as big as this cat and I'll always <laughs> <laughs> remember it it's just this massive cat um, Looked at us in a really nonchalant fashion and then, yeah, just walked past and went out through the, the door as well. Was and, it in um, the pub? Yeah, walked through the pub. Weird. It was just like it, the three friends, everyone was just, their mouths were open. They were like, what is going on? What is going on here? And why is there a giant cat walking past? So, that's pretty I don't good. Know, does that really? That's pretty weird. Yeah, but it's kind of weird. But it was just very, very depressing. That was probably yeah. <laughs> one of those gigs just before um, uh, the story I told you about before with Craig. I think that might have been like, like the gig it. before that, and it was just, yeah. But um, but yeah, people kind of elbowing you in the face yeah. with their beers and looking at you like you're in their way <laughs> while you're yeah. in the middle of singing is pretty strange, <laughs> but.
0: Oh, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's a, I like the cat story. The cat's weird. The
1: pram was, I mean, I'm not telling it right, you sort of had to be there, but the pram was really, really weird too. Because it's like I felt like I had to open the door, hold the door open for the lady with the pram. Because cause she, it felt like she was looking at us like, you're a really inconvenience right now. How am I meant to get this pram past you and through the door to the beer garden? It was just like... Great. That's so disrespectful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But we weren't very good probably. So. Oh, yeah. I'm thank you so much for telling me that story and thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, that's all right. It. It's a pleasure. And um and it was really nice to talk to you twice in <laughs> 3 days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's all you got to do is you just got to pretend, yeah, that you're doing a it's podcast. Your yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at <laughs> I'm terrible with the phone.
0: Okay, thank you thanks. me on your thank podcast. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>